friends and countrymen, and welcome to the very late night edition of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. It is 329 according to the phone on my, including to the clock in my car. I don't know. I'm looking at my phone, I suppose. It is 32 degrees. Uh, we got about 15 days until pitchers and catchers report. And you know what? I feel like I just wanted to give a good rant tonight. I mean, I um, we were doing a walkthrough tomorrow morning at the um, grocery store I work, Wegmans. And uh, the boss wanted me to do a, um, a really good job conditioning, like making it look good. So I don't know if you've ever seen these small cat food cans. But man, we have about a hundred of these different small cat food cans. And I was like lining them up so that the cats are facing forward and that there's four in a line and that they're all there. It was a lot of fucking work, man. And then when I clock out, they got my hours wrong. So I'm I'm damn sure going to make sure that they get my hours right when I go back in there tomorrow. Because, you know, I take pride in my work. I mean, I have done lots of different jobs and some, I guess, important jobs money-wise, but not really important in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I made a lot of money for a company that basically ripped people off to a certain extent, setting up like high interest financing for restaurants and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of our money that we made was in fees and they didn't give a shit about the customers, to be honest with you, which is a lot of corporate America, which is why I am very skeptical and I have a lot of anger towards corporate America. Um, But Nevertheless, you know, I felt like this was a good mind space to put a um, podcast together because I'll just give you a little insight on my life. I have two months left to pay child support to my ex-wife. My daughter is going to be 18 on April 2nd. And um, man, I I was making a shit ton of money when I was with her, you know. So um, when I was living in Chicago, we were making a lot of money. And let me be honest with you, it was, it was a very cold relationship, you know, and I'm not a perfect person. Um, you know, I'm a human being. And during that time, you know, I wasn't the best husband in Chicago and I learned a lot about that and stuff, you know. And then once we moved back to the Poconos area, because we had a nice lake house and we also wanted to get um, a home where the kids could get a very good education, um, which we did. Um, we got a house where you're paying a little bit more in um, taxes, property taxes, um, but you're also getting the very best school in the area up here in NEPA. Uh, they have all kinds of extracurricular activities that my kids took place in. You know, they did, um, my son did um, three musicals and he was the lead in two of them. And he would have been the lead in the third, but he was just really tired of doing it. You know, like he is the type of person like me who is somewhat of a um, an ex not a, an introvert, you know, like doing something like that is just exhausting, you know, um, out through in front of a bunch of people and stuff like that. So, you know, usually by the time he ran his show, he was like, then de- they ra- they took all the pictures and stuff for the um, for the um, yearbooks. He was like, Dad, can we get out of here? I'm tired, you know. And we would go get something to eat. And I put everything into my kids in my life. So I had a lot of money. And one thing that I'm very conservative with is money. So I had put away like hundreds of thousands of dollars um, in money. Now, some of that went into my business and some of that just went into retirement accounts. And after being in a, a freezing cold marriage for lots of years and an abusive marriage, I probably on both sides, I didn't do anything, you know, obviously physically to abuse anybody. 
Um, but we were just not that nice to each other. And I didn't want my kids to be into, um, like that to be their marriage that they base their relationships on, you know? So I knew that I had to get out and I didn't have an escape plan. And I ended up hooking up with this girl that I used to work with. Um, even though we were still married, like I hadn't had physical relations in like four and a half years, you know, there was a lot of watching Pornhub, (laughs) you know? So yeah, I mean, this girl ended up being a total bitch. She lived down in New Jersey. So it was a long commute. I wasn't spending a lot of time with my kids. I was spending like half of my week down there and we were staying in hotels and stuff. Basically I was just, I, for the last three or four years before that, I was just waiting to die. And then I was living my life again and feeling good and excited again, you know, and that's what I did, you know, and I'm not proud of it. And that is the one thing in my life that I would probably change if I could was not be in that relationship. But you know what? My daughter tells me like, you know, you're with a good girl now. She's nice. Not like that other girl. You know, I mean, my kids are real and my son, I know he really looks up to me, you know, so the thing is. I had come to this agreement um, of child support to where I was paying her $400 a week, every week. And this was for the last eight or nine years, I would imagine. Maybe more. You know, it's got to be more than that. 15, 16, 17. Yeah, at least eight or nine years, right? So I don't know. I calculated it out. Once we liquidated like the um, retirement funds and stuff like that, probably half a million bucks I have paid to my ex-wife. And for her, you know, She was not working when we were raising the kids, but she did get a job, right? So she doesn't have a ton of money. You know, she's working as a teacher, but it's one of those like, um, uh, she's making like 12, 13 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? She's not a public school teacher. She's helping kids, but she's not a public school teacher. During the pandemic, like she helped them get on the internet and stuff like that. Um, so she did work through the internet. I mean, she, ha- or she did work through the pandemic. She has done a nice job. And I'm not going to say that I didn't get any free money during the pandemic. Cause I did because my business was dead at that time. I ran my own business after the corporate world for about 15 years. And then at the, at the end of the pandemic, I was mentally and physically exhausted as far as, you know, working for myself. And also, um, I kind of wanted to get back with people. And the business was dead, you know, and it was really, it was still stressful. It was obviously, obviously not the stress you get in a business world when you're making, say, like six figures or $150,000 a year or whatever it is. Um, you have to work hard to do that, you know, unless you're the big guys that get those um, parachutes and stuff like that. So, I mean, I just want to give you a little bit of insight. I have two months left to child support and I'm only making about $430 a week right now. And 400 of it goes to my ex-wife. So this could be very difficult. You know, the last year and a half have been very difficult after the pandemic because I don't have a lot of money and all of it is going to my wife. Now my kids appreciate it. They have a place to live. They're both going to get through college, um, paid for. And I think they do appreciate that. They're hardworking kids. Um, But, you know, it's been hard is my point. Like um, at times, and the only thing that's been hard is sometimes you're doing this sort of work and, you know, you're just, I, I like being one of the scrubs. You know, I was tired of being a manager because I didn't like telling people what to do. Um... And for the most part, being a manager is not that bad, but that's, you know, that's the annoying part is 
you're working for a company where you're not exactly saving the whales, you know, (laughs) and you got to tell these kids what to do and to make more phone calls and do that. I mean, I did it myself and I was very self-driven, but at the time I wasn't in a relationship. And at the time it was like a way for me to avoid my life and avoid being in a relationship because I had a lot of questions about myself, you know, but now that I have two months left, Two months left of paying my ex-wife $400 a week, and I'm only making $430 a week. And I sold all my coin collection. Um, you know, I got rid of all of my retirement fund. Everything is gone for making all that money. And I'm fine with it, right? I am totally fine with it because for me, my life was putting a good life forward towards my kids. That's the only thing that matters. And now that I'm in a relationship, you know, making my um, current wife happier than um, my last relationship. But I just want to give you guys a little insight on that, just so you know that there we all have things that we're not proud of in our lives, you know? I mean, whether you're drinking too much, whether you did drugs for a period of time, whether you were in relationships that you weren't happy about, you know, whether what not, you know? Maybe you were gay and you were in the closet and you feel guilty about that. Whatever it might be, um, It's okay, you know, and I'm not a religious person. I'm not saying that you're reborn or whatever. I'm just saying that we all do our best at the time, you know, and now that here I am, you know, sitting in a parking lot because I don't want to wake up the dogs and I have two months left of working my butt off in the middle of the night for not much money. All of it goes to my ex-wife to be finally done with that and to see my kids both 18, 118, 121. Uh, will be just, you know, it warms your heart, you know? I mean, I do feel my feelings. You know, I've been through depressions. I've been through anxiety. I am the kind of person that feels a lot. Um, I took care of my mom a few years back when she was dying for at least two, two and a half years. And then I listened to a song on the way to work tonight. And I wasn't feeling great or stoked about going into work tonight, but I listened to a song and it was a song that she liked by the Carpenters. And it actually brought me to tears thinking about my mom, you know? Because you know what? My mom did the best that she could, especially for us kids. And she was not in the best relationship. And my dad cheated on her. And then it was just bad. You know, she spent a lot of years wasted, hating on my dad where she could have moved on. But I think we all do that. You know, we all have things that we need to let go of. And it's not always easy to let go of those things. You know, they haunt us. Um, And when you do finally, you know, when you are finally able to let go and feel all your feelings. It's much easier to drink less, to eat healthy, to do stuff like that, you know, to to not need to um, hide those things, you know? Like, I don't smoke weed anymore. Not that I, you know, have anything against weed. I just don't do it. You know, I like being sober. The only drugs that I take is caffeine, you know, a little bit every day, and that's about it. And I try to eat healthier. I'm trying to take care of my teeth and do all this stuff. And my dad is 80 years old, like I said, and he's very healthy. I plan on living a long life, you know. But I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, The thing with Tim Williams, you know, since we'll talk a little pirates here, the thing that gets me about this guy and has always gotten me about this guy is that he was the first one to start talking up like, um, like, um, batting average on balls in play, you know, as if he knows something, you know, he was so proud of himself, you know, he was always like, oh, this guy had a low Babbitt, uh, had a high Babbitt last year. So expect him to regress as if he knows, you know, how to predict the future, you know, oh, this guy had a very, um, low Babbitt, Babbitt. So expect him to do better next year. 
Look, man, sometimes it's just about some guys are good at hitting the ball where the players aren't, you know? Some people just naturally have a high BABIP. You know, somebody like O'Neill Cruz is always going to have a high BABIP because he hits the ball really hard and you don't have much time to react, you know? And now that you can't shift as much on someone like him, it's going to help his batting average, you know? But don't tell me you know what's going to happen because of Babbitt. And then he started getting into these other things, like all of these other things, like war and bacon and war bacon and P-war and F-war and all this stuff. And it just got on my nerves because I'm not a grumpy old man all the time. But I've been watching baseball for a long time, you know, a lot longer than you. And you stand there on your pulpit and you tell people how to watch baseball and that you don't know what you're talking about when, you know, you talk about someone's batting average or, you know how you see them playing in the field or whatnot, you know, and it's just insulting to old time baseball fans, you know, just so you know, and this is the problem I always had with Tim Williams. And then when he started charging for pirates prospects, I had a little bit of a problem with the guy. I don't have anything with the guy personally, but I had a little bit of a problem with the guy with he's starting charging money. But at the time the pirates were winning, it was 2013, 2014. We were all into it, you know, but now the Tim Williams still pushes this stuff. And still tells you with a straight face, people that are miserable with this team. Because, you know, the biggest three stories other than signing Andrew McCutcheon, which was the right thing to do. You had a guy slide into third base with a, um, with a cell phone in his pocket. You had a guy eating sunflower seeds, who's the only guy you have under contract for multiple years. He's eating sunflower seeds during a play. And then you're not going to pay your best player who wanted to stay in Pittsburgh who loves Pittsburgh, Brian Reynolds, you know? And he's going to be pissed that you aren't buying in to his telling you that this team is in the right direction, you know? It's going to be a great, we have a bright future, you know? Like, that's the thing. He's telling people that live in Pittsburgh that they're pieces of shit, basically, you know? That people that don't live in Pittsburgh are smart enough to know that this team is going in the right direction. And for me, that was enough to be like, you know what, this guy should lose his job, you know? This guy should be canceled from Baseball America for saying stuff like that. Because not only is he disrespecting old-time baseball fans, you know, by talking like he's above them, you know, by by talking about all these things, like the 80th percentile and all this crap that he throws out there, you know, that nobody cares about, you know. But he's proud of himself because he knows what he's talking about, even if nobody else cares what he's talking about, you know. But, and then you have this thing tonight, and I love Cody Duncan, you know. We're actually pretty like um i don't know we're decent like um we're not friends i've never met the guy but we're decent colleagues you know i talk to him sometimes believe it or not on dm you know and i respect what he does but you know the fact that you're having a love fest and those are your three biggest stories other than signing andrew mccutcheon you know i know that you signed a bunch of guys to one-year deals but you're not really making a commitment to the future. You're not building something with a bunch of one-year deals. You're just pushing the ball. You're pushing the cart, you know, down a little bit further and hoping that these young guys that you drafted are going to pan out even though you know that you can't build a team strictly on young players. You know, you're you're not building anything with these one-year deals. I mean, I'm happy that the Pirates spent 35 million dollars on those guys and that they're going to be closer to 75 million this year, you know, even when they dump those deals and even when they dump Reynolds. But still, you know, let's not put our pat ourselves on the back too much, you know. So this Twitter love fest, and I'm going to start driving towards home. This Twitter love fest that um, Cody did, you know, tonight. I have no problem with it. 
you know, but I can understand people getting rubbed a little lo- the wrong way with it, you know, just knowing how the Pittsburgh Pirates generally treat their fans, and not only the way they treat their fans, the way they treat their employees, and the way they treat their um, players, you know, by not paying them, by making them stay and not paying them, and just really doing them a disservice most of the time, you know, I know that I know from talking to some of the prospects that you're not always told what's going on, you know. You're playing, you're a second baseman, and they're putting you in the outfield, and you don't want to play in the outfield, you know. But you do it, unless you're O'Neill Cruz, who kind of pushed back on that, you know. But they're not really telling you, like, um, what the plan is for you, you know. Um, they're not really letting you in to the plan, which good organizations will let you into the plan, you know? And that's how they get people like Brian Reynolds to stay, especially the Atlanta Braves. They get people to take less money, and they're happy to take less money because the Braves will always tell you what their plan is. They're like, look, guys, you know, we're all in right now, you know? We have all of you guys locked up for the next four or five years, and we are all in on winning. I can't tell you that that's always gonna be the way. You know, there might be a year or two where we have to rebuild, And let me tell you something about Atlanta. Their baseball fans weren't always the best. You know, I don't know if they were in Fulton County Stadium or wherever, you know, their new stadium. But they kind of took for granted in the 1990s that they were going to be good. And you know the Atlanta Braves in the 1990s because they beat the Pirates and went on to the World Series. And that might have been the year they actually won it all. Um, But the Atlanta Braves didn't always sell out their games in the 1990s, even though they were winning all those division titles. So you can't tell me, even though Atlanta's a big market, you can't tell me that Atlanta brings in three or four times the money that the Pittsburgh Pirates do, or not three times the money, let's put it that way. I mean, they always had a good TV deal, right? They were America's team, TBS, but they don't bring in three times the revenue, especially now with the revenue sharing of the Pittsburgh Pirates but they will have three times the payroll in most years. You know, if you look at the active payroll, the Pirates will generally be around 60 and they will be up around 180 because they have all these guys locked up, you know? And even though some of these guys took less money, you know, especially like the outfielder, um, Acuna Jr. And, you know, some of the other guys as well, um, they try to win, you know? They do their fans a service year in and year out. And they don't always win. You know, last year they had the best team in the East, but the Phillies ended up going to the World Series. You know, I mean, you don't always win. But they are a very, very good franchise. I don't know if they're the best franchise, but right now, as far as as signing your players, they're the best franchise, you know. As far as finding talent, The St. Louis Cardinals are up there as the best franchise. They actually got four guys in the top 100 from that 2020 draft, believe it or not, where we only had five rounds. And we have zero guys from that draft, and we drafted higher than them. But, you know, I know they had a compensation pick or a couple compensation picks, but that should not be the case, you know? So they're a great organization. The Tampa Bay Rays are an amazing organization. The Dodgers do a great job all across the board. And it's really hard for me to say, you know, who the best organization is. The Philadelphia Phillies right now have a really, really good general manager. And he was able to put a good team together, even though the Phillies have not drafted well over the past 15 years. But the thing is, he has the Phillies drafted well now. Andrew Painter might actually make the team for the Philadelphia Phillies this year. 
Uh, and that's not an easy team to make. You know, you're talking about a team that was in the World Series. Um, so they are drafting much better now. Mick Abel is the other um, starter that they have. And if you compare those guys to guys that I love, like Mike Burrows and um, Quinn Priester, I hate to say it, but and even you know Mike's dad would admit that it's no contest, man. You know, like those guys are good pitchers, Mike and um, Quinn, and hopefully they do make their way in the major leagues. But they've had to work their asses off, you know. Somebody like um, those pitchers that I just mentioned for the Phillies, these are guys that are just more gifted, you know, and especially, um, and I'm talking about like God-given gifts. And especially that guy that might start the um, team with the Philadelphia Phillies. You know, this is a very, very talented guy. And this is someone that is really good, you know. And he's going to be the fifth starter for the Phillies. And he would absolutely be the ace. Most likely, you know, one or two for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, I mean, that's just a little rant I wanted to get off. I'm pulling into my driveway and the dogs are going nuts. Which is why I wanted to um, do most of this podcast in the... um, in the parking lot. But I mean, just a little insight on my life and on life in general and on my family and stuff like that. My parents are great people. My kids are great people. We just do your best. You know, that's all you can do. And you're going to have days where you feel bad. You're going to have things in the past that you feel guilty about, but don't let it eat up your future. You know, don't let that be the thing driving you towards getting messed up with opioids or smoking a lot of weed or putting on a lot of weight or, you know, whatever, you know, not getting off your couch and not taking that chance because I always took chances in my life. You know, even this podcast was just something I did for fun, but look at all the work I put into it. You know, I put a lot of work into building up my Twitter followers and I like doing this podcast and I really do, you know, I'm grabbing my wife's lunch. (laughs) I really do share a lot with you guys, you know, in my life and do this podcast and focus on baseball and travel to a lot of the games. You can hear the dogs barking. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football games. Maybe I'll have a podcast before the games to give you my previews on that. But uh, peace out.